Good morning. Welcome to the Day Fox Home Remodeling Show, where we are here, Jamie and Gary, every Sunday morning, 8 o'clock. Right, Jamie? That's right. Every Sunday. That's right. So if you did go on vacation once, and I'm trying to forgive you for that, but, um, you know, we'll... I know. I'll try not to do that again. Okay. All right. So we're, we got an interesting topic today. We are in the remodeling business and, uh, it's all homes, residential homes. A lot of times I'll tell people that I do remodeling and they'll say, Oh, they they always go to commercial for some reason. Yeah. Oh, you do commercial remodeling? No, I do residential remodeling and I love doing residential remodeling. Yeah. Yeah. We do get asked that a lot Mm -hmm. kind of, or they assume we do both. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. Just, just residential. We just work for all of you folks out there in this great city of Columbus and the surrounding area. And uh, just in case any of you want to reach us, you can email us at info at davefox.com, info at davefox.com. Uh, we'd like to hear any of your ideas or thoughts. Sometimes you'll have a question about something we talked about on the show, so we're always happy to answer those. And you can go to our website, davefox.com, and there you can find out all kinds of it great information that Jamie has put on the website and you can go to davefoxradio.com where you can download or listen to any of our previously broadcast shows. So Jamie, today we're going to be talking kitchens. Yeah. Imagine that. I know. We do, do we do any of those? Yeah, we do a few. <laughs> Just one or two. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then we do one or a few one or two again and again and again and, and again, again, again again yeah <laughs> it's more like really three or four again and again and yeah exactly we do a lot of kitchens and fortunately for us we have a whole team of interior designers that yeah love kitchens do they all work on one kitchen or no that no that would probably not end well i would okay. imagine <laughs> Get a bunch yeah. of creatives together in a room. Right. No. <laughs> That's like, you ever hear the expression, too many chefs in the kitchen? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's also the same expression goes for too many designers on a project. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yes, but they are all extremely knowledgeable and have so much great insight and value that they bring to the designs that we do. And, you know, we talk about this all the time where you kind of walk into a space and for some reason it just feels right. Or yes. maybe you, the opposite, maybe you notice yeah. more that you walk into a space and something just feels wrong or mm-hmm. not right or unsettled or you can't quite put your finger on on what you're feeling that's not making you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, but there is that feeling that you can get and maybe you even have that feeling in your own home. But a, I would say nine times out of 10, that comes down to a design decision that was made poorly. Yeah. Um, if it's not feeling comfortable. You know, on that note, Jamie, we can make this so simple for homeowners. If you get that warm and fuzzy, wonderful feeling when you walk in your kitchen, you don't need to call us. Right. If you don't get that, you need to call us. Yeah. It's that simple, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, a kitchen should bring you joy. Um, it's a joyful place. It's where the heart of your home, it's where everybody gathers, regardless of how many other rooms you try and get them to gather in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always end up in the kitchen. Yeah. And it's such an important spot. So much happens in our kitchens. Um, I think even, you know, especially during COVID when everything was shut down, we really learned how much happens in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. It became everything, you know. Um, I know my husband still works from home and I would say maybe half the time he chooses to work at the kitchen island oh, opposed really? to um, in the office mm. and just likes the vibe, I guess. Yeah. But um, I always joke, I think he just likes being that close to the food. 
<laughs> but he swears it's just he just gets comfortable there. Or his coffee, right? Right, or his coffee. Yeah. Yes, one of the necessities in his life. But mm-hmm. the um, but there's a lot of quote unquote rules that go into a kitchen design that make it so that the function and flow and space feels comfortable and mm-hmm. feels right and. And there's times to follow those rules and there's times to break those rules. So let's call them guidelines. Okay. Guidelines. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's probably mm-hmm. better than rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I thought today we could just kind of go through some of those kitchen layouts and shapes and decisions and some of those guidelines that are suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also some insight from our interior designers on, on some bending of those those guidelines, and then also some workarounds and other options and ideas and things like that. Yeah. And that's exactly what you run into with remodeling is, you know, we're not building it from scratch. We're coming in and using the existing layout, the existing windows, doors, all those things affect the layout of a kitchen. So there are some really important guidelines that the National Kitchen Bath Association has put together over many years. And they do modify those because things change over time. Mm-hmm. But those guidelines are are really important in a kitchen design. And yeah, there's many kitchens where you can't necessarily implement every single one of them. <clears throat> and that's why we call them guidelines. Because right. you have to, in remodeling, a lot of times things are a series of compromises. And you just pick the best outcome based on what you're working with. And that's one of the things that makes remodeling so interesting is because you know you do throw in the element of all this existing stuff and how do you lay out a plan that works efficiently and follows these guidelines as closely as possible but yet is feasible financially you know so you're not having to rip walls out or change door locations change windows which we do occasionally because sometimes it's worth that investment but other times it's marginal and uh you know, that's where it's our job to educate our clients, let them understand the pros and cons of all these things. And then it's their home. So they decide which way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, what you said there about, you know, sticking within a budget when our team of designers are working on a project, a kitchen, for example, and you've told them as the consumer, this is my budget. I really want to stick within these parameters or as close to as possible. You know, when we're doing that design, we keep that budget in mind. So we're not going to, if your budget is, you know, a modest budget, we're not going to suggest blowing out this wall and, you know, reconfiguring every appliance and major appliance throughout the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try and, and again, compromise. So give it, you the best design within your budget or as close to it as we can get yeah. within those parameters and kind of plan with those things in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely one of the benefits. I would say the biggest benefit of working with a design build firm is that kind of pricing piece or budget piece with the design kind of going hand in hand. Yeah. We're, we're accountable to the budget. Right. Or if you just hire a designer only and someone else is building it, then they're accountable <laughs> to a really f- fancy design. Right. right. <laughs> with no budget. <laughs> but yeah. And I think too, the other thing is even with building, if you were building from scratch in the middle of the country and had nothing on any side of your home, mm-hmm. you're still going to have compromises to make because yeah. at the end of the day, A, all the walls do have to attach to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to at some point have a structure that can stand and everybody has a budget. Mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah. there's always a budget. There's always a compromise. Mm-hmm. You can't have everything every way. Um, and especially when someone says really budget's not an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I don't know that I've ever found that to be the case, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. Usually those that say it, it's not the truth, huh? But I think, you know, like you said, it's all about the compromises and with a window, especially sometimes we, a client will say like, I have to keep this window here. That's like a mm-hmm. big thing to me. It, it's, I look out at every day. I see directly to the kids playing in the playground. This one has to stay. Maybe the ones on the other side of the room, those could go kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But, um, and then just kind of weighing those options as the layout kind of shakes out and seeing, seeing where it goes. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, the homeowner's going to have certain ideas and thoughts maybe photographs of kitchens and layouts that they really liked. So really we want to meet their goals and sometimes suggesting moving a door or a window helps them meet their goals. And that's why we would do that. Or if we can really dramatically improve the work triangle or the efficiency of the kitchen, maybe they got two cooks that are going to be cooking or one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, those affect doors and windows really affect the placement of cabinets and countertop space. So that's important. Okay, so we are going to talk a lot about these guidelines and uh, some of the National Kitchen and Bath Association suggestions for laying out a kitchen. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really glad to have all of you here. And Jamie, today we're talking about kitchen layout guidelines. And I understand you're an expert now. Is that true? (laughs) Yes. Definitely an expert. So our marketing person here at Dave Fox Remodeling is also an expert kitchen designer now? Um, How'd that happen so quickly? (laughs) (laughs) Well, our interior design manager, Michelle, was guiding the design consultants on just kind of some basics with layouts and things Mm -hmm. to keep an eye on. Uh, Our interior designers do the layouts of a kitchen, but oftentimes a design consultant or a sales consultant, when they'll be kind of talking through things with a client, Mm -hmm. they might propose an idea that really they need to also keep in mind the guidelines of these kitchen layouts um, before they stick their foot in their mouth and propose an idea of like, well, maybe we could just, you know, blow out this wall and do this and do this and do this. And they're like, that doesn't always keep them from sticking their foot. No, it does not. (laughs) It does not. (laughs) But this just helps uh, Mm -hmm. the interior design team (laughs) communicate with the design consultants on why they need to make some of the, um, modifications or not make other modifications and just things to keep in mind as they're doing the floor plan Mm -hmm. of the space. Um, especially if we are doing an expansion or knocking down a wall, um, things like that. You know, we've talked about it on here before where sometimes knocking down a wall can actually make things really challenging because you do need wall space. Uh, You need a wall, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, somewhere, you know, you need some, your refrigerator's got to go somewhere. It's very tall. So you're going to need a wall somewhere. So you got to make sure you're not knocking them all out. Uh, things like that. So just keeping some things in mind. And, and so, yes, in my overhearing of this discussion, I am now an expert. Okay. It's amazing how that works. So folks, if you call in and you want Jamie for your kitchen designer, we'll say no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> say no. <laughs> but for these intensive purposes, through mm-hmm. Michelle's guidance, I can kind of walk you through some of these okay. layouts and guidelines and things okay. like that. Well, let's get started. All right. So... First, kind of some general layouts that we tend to see in kitchens, um, not only that we're tearing out, but also that we're putting in. There's an L-shaped kitchen, um, which is a very popular style kitchen, and then a galley kitchen, which a lot of people think of a galley kitchen as being very closed off. 
Um, for me personally, it's actually one of my favorite kitchen layouts to work in. Mm. Um, but a galley kitchen is also a very popular kitchen layout right now because, but instead of it being two walls, one of the quote unquote walls is actually the island. Um, so although your working space is all in that galley, it's open to the rest of the space um, on the other side of that island. So it's not always closed off. Um, and then a U-shape and a G-shaped island is another uh, shape that we see, although according to Michelle, this is not a recommended layout. True, unless it's you want to get trapped inside yes, your kitchen. Those Gs can be very trapping. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a recommended layout, but there are instances where they do work okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the space. So those were kind of the general layouts that we went through and talked about. Yeah. Um, and with that, you know, she kind of talked about just starting with that blank slate of your kitchen, getting everything out of it on a floor plan, and you know, you're left with essentially a rectangle or a square. Sometimes it's a small one, sometimes it's a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the space is so big that that's your challenge is, okay, we yeah. have to make it not feel this big or too open and you want it to be functional. Um, you also want to make sure you're not taking too many steps, you know, even though we all wear our smart watches and try and get our steps in the kitchen <laughs> is not where you want to get those in. Um, so just kind of talking through some of those things, uh, with walkways in particular, I think are really important in a kitchen and can really impact the flow and the function of the space. So when you're talking about walkways, there's the areas where you're just walking by you know, walking past the kitchen. Um, maybe so it might on, be behind an island in between island and a wall. Right. Exactly. It's just kind of a passage. Just a pass through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then there's other areas. Um, and speaking of those pass throughs, when you are designing a kitchen, you always want to make sure that those pass throughs are not through the working space. Yes. Um, so accommodating that as well. So creating kind of those zones of the walking zone and then the the cooking zone and the prep mm-hmm. zones and things like that. So then if there's one cook in the kitchen, you know, your amount of space, you're going to want 42 inches of space in between maybe the two banks of cabinets. So if it is a galley kitchen and you have your kind of wall of cabinets and then your island on your other side, you're going to, and you only have one cook in that kitchen, Yeah, you're going to want at least 42 inches. Typically when you think of a galley kitchen, you would think of uh, walls on both sides. Yeah. Because the island layout um, could be shaped somewhat like a galley, but it's not going to be, you know, you're going to be able to get out one way or the other. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. But I think the traditional galley kitchen, would you would visualize the two walls. Two walls, yeah. cabinet. It's running across both walls. And if you have, if your walls are 12 feet apart, then you are going to walk yourself to death. Yeah. You're going from back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, you'll get more uh, steps in in a day than you ever thought was possible. Right. Exactly. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, but for, so going backwards a little bit here. So the walkway, if it's just somewhere that you're walking through, mm-hmm. um, you, it's recommended to have at least 36 inches of space. Yeah. Just like a hallway in a home. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. any other hallway in your home is 36 yeah. inches. Um, but then when you move to kind of more the functional areas, if you're functioning with one cook in the kitchen, you're going to want at least 42 inches. But if you bump up to two cooks in the kitchen, you're going to want to no, have 48 inches. Yeah. So let's say we've got so an L-shaped with an island, I think, is probably one of the most popular today. Yeah, I would say Everybody so. Everybody wants an island. An L-shaped with an island is a very efficient layout. Mm-hmm. So let's say you've got a sink on one of the exterior walls with a nice window looking out 
with your kids playing at the playground, whatever mm-hmm. you mentioned there. So then your island would be 42 inches away from that bank of cabinets on the wall, exterior wall. Yes. And maybe that island has a, you know, maybe it's just a big work surface. Maybe it's got a pull out trash bin, whatever. Could even yeah. have a dishwasher. Yeah. Because it's not too terrible just to turn around. It's not ideal, but that's yeah. sometimes we have to do that. So there you want 42 inches. But as you mentioned, if, if there's two cooks working at the same time in the kitchen, you just need a little more space. So 48. Yeah. But let's, let's say there's one cook and you've got the island and it's 42 inches across from your sink. So you've got the space that you need. But then on the L shape where it turns, let's say there's a big refrigerator there with the door opening out. Yeah. Then you're going to want more than 42 inches at the end of that island because you got a big refrigerator door to deal with. Yes, so for you, sure. So you would want more space there, 48 or 50 even. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then even, you know, if you wanted to, um, for some of those walkways that we talked about with the 36 inches, you also want to consider if that walkway has any bar stools or counter stools in exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. And accommodating that as well. So yep. do you want to be able to walk by when those stools are out? Yeah. Um, then you're going to need to make that walkway bigger. A lot of people want a lot of seating in a kitchen nowadays. Seems like four, five, six seats. Yeah. And you got to have a pretty good sized kitchen to pull that off. Yeah, for sure. I know. And it's, there's a popular trend too, where the kind of kitchen table is incorporated into the island. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's due to accommodating space if they want that bigger. Because that can be a very efficient use of space. Yeah, for sure. And then you can expand your kitchen that much more into what would have been just a dinette yeah. and make it a lot more functional. Yep. So definitely, yeah, seating, I would say, is a big big deal in kitchens these days. But A lot of times when we do what you just mentioned, building the kitchen table right off the island, the island is typically 36 inches high, a normal countertop height. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we would drop that table down to 30 inches high so you can actually use regular chairs. Yeah. And it helps kind of differentiate the areas and spaces. Makes sense? Yeah. I know. It's a really, it's also really nice, too, for, um, you know, if you have kids that want to help you in the kitchen, mm-hmm. it kind of gives them their own little prep area yeah. and things like that to feel included, which is yeah. nice, too. Or to do homework while you're yeah. working in the kitchen. Exactly. Yep. Um, and speaking of, you know, adding seating to an island, um, you're going to want at least 24 inches of space per seated user. 24 inches of space. That's why it takes a fair amount of space. If someone says, I want six people. Wow. There's a lot of feet right there. (laughs) Okay. This is interesting. We're talking kitchen designs and guidelines. We'll be back right after the break. Today we're talking about kitchen layouts, kitchen guidelines, design ideas. Well, no, not design ideas. We're back. We're more in the technical stuff today, right, Jamie? Yes, we're super technical. Yeah. How many inches from a fork to a spoon, right? That kind of stuff? (laughs) Yeah, give or take. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But no, really we're talking about, we are talking about inches, but in a little bit bigger than forks and spoons. So we had left off talking about seating. Okay. Um, and that 24 inches of space mm-hmm. per user when you're kind of talking about seats at an yeah. island or at a table, things so like that. So two feet per person. So if someone wants to seat five, that's 10 feet of counter space. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah, definitely. And and we've done more than that, actually. Well, we sure have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, but I know. And being a family of five, sure, it would be great to have a seat for all five of us at our island. But 
we don't have a house that would 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 uh, would agree with that <laughs> those figures house. no <laughs> definitely not but yeah you can see why that islands get keep getting bigger you can see why they keep getting bigger and things like that yeah but so with seating at an island um if you going back to kind of those dimensions so we mentioned that a walkway only would be about 36 inches mm -hmm. now when you have that walkway and it has seats at it and you want to be able to walk past it you're going to want to bump that up to 44 inches so again we go back to kind of those decisions that you have to make and the compromises that you have mm -hmm. to make and your space that you have might make some of those decisions for you yeah. you know if I'll you want you the seating from, at the island yeah. from real it. life experience that is one of the areas where we have to compromise a lot because uh i mean there's been a number of kitchens that i've been involved with um where from the island there were there were bar stools and maybe we only had 36 inches from the countertop to the wall and we just had to make the homeowner aware that now here's going to be a little bit of an issue. If someone's sitting there, it's going to be a little tight, but sometimes that's all the space you have and, and it's worth making that compromise. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as we get into some of those more kind of, um, urban environments and downtown mm -hmm. German village, you know, a lot of these guidelines can be compromised Yeah, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that can be expected and things like that. And that's where we just kind of bring those, compromises to the clients um yeah to to their knowledge so that right. they know you know this is this is going to feel tight so we could either if you want the bar stool bad enough mm -hmm. we can do it but it'll be tight kind of yeah. a thing but yeah so and then the minimum for seated would be um from the seated would be a minimum of 32 inches to the wall that's the absolute tightest you would want to go yeah but if that's not a walkway yep yeah. So, um, and then, you know, you want to think through kind of some of your landing zones in a kitchen and where you're going to be putting things. Um, uh, actually, before I get back into that, one more thing with the seating is I never realized this before, but the different height seating requires a different overhang, which I thought was mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. So if you're at table height, um, you want to have at 30 inches, you want to have 18 inches of overhang, basically mm -hmm. leg room underneath. Um, so if we did do an island with a table extension on it, that area would have 18 inches. But then if you went to counter height at 36 inches, you only need 15 inches of overhang. And then if you go to bar height, which is 42 inches high, you only need 12 inches of okay. overhang. And why is that? Because your legs go down instead of out. That's right. It's the yeah. angle of, yeah, the, the bend in your knee. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting, which you probably prefer sitting bar height mm -hmm. is yeah. that yeah, that yeah or uh yeah like whether if it's 36 inch with a 24 inch stool that's okay. very comfortable for me with my feet on the ground okay so on a at a 42 inch high you know counter you're going to have a 30 inch high stool yeah so there i would have to put my feet up on the little rail that goes around yeah and i always at restaurants, I hate when they sit us at a bar height table. Yeah. Because I can't reach the little thing that goes your around. Your feet are just dangling. Oh, from and the they stool. fall asleep <laughs> every time. They fall asleep. So <laughs> I'm always oh. looking around to see if there's any other tables. I hate being that person, but I'm like, um. <laughs> but yeah, different uh, different heights really make different things comfortable. Yeah, yeah that's true. But Very that's true. also the great part about with remodeling is all that stuff can be kind of accounted for mm -hmm. in your needs. 
um, and things like that. But yeah, sitting at bar height is always really hard for me because mm-hmm. I have nowhere to put my feet. Yeah. And man, they fall asleep so fast mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're dangling there. <laughs> but yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. I never really thought through that different overhang needs mm-hmm. for um, different heights. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to the loading zones um, and kind of thinking through how much space you want around different areas. So your sink, for example, um, you want, you know, 24 inches of space to have your sink. Um, and then you're also going to need the space next to your sink for your dishwasher. So you mm-hmm. got to kind of plan those things as, as a married couple, so to speak. So they kind of stick together. Um, and then when you're talking about your prep area in a kitchen, the goal would be to have 36 inches of uninterrupted counter space to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to think about with that though, is where your dishwasher goes counter space wise, it's uninterrupted. So you can include that as kind of part of your 36 inches um, if that's where you're going to be doing some of your prep. So um, for your refrigerator, you want to have at least 15 inches of kind of drop zone space Mm -hmm. um, or either next to your refrigerator or at least within 48 inches of the refrigerator. You want to have somewhere to drop your stuff. Yeah. Maybe if even if it's an island that's, you know, right behind. Yeah. Right behind fridge that works too but you're carrying groceries in and stuff and setting them down and then again you don't want to walk yourself to death when you're yeah absolutely definitely and then a range um you're going to want 15 inches and 12 inches just to make sure that you have enough space kind of a for your pots and pans you know the handles on them and stuff like that make Mm -hmm. sure there's no walls or anything next to them for Mm -hmm. safety yeah um and then also you know, probably most people will chop things, kind of set it down next to it, and then add them as needed throughout the recipe. Yeah, and I just have to think, you know, all these guidelines have to do with really two elements. One is function and convenience, and the other is safety. That's right. Yeah, so all of those are taken into consideration. Yeah. And then same thing with an oven. You always take something hot out of an oven, so you're going to want somewhere to put that. So again, it's that same 15 inch rule next to or within 48 inches of the oven. You want Mm -hmm. somewhere to drop. So I think next to or again, that island behind would both be great options for that instance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Um, so definitely I always think for me, prep area is a big one. I always that's where I would start if I were designing my own kitchen. I think I would start with my prep area. Yeah. And kind of where that would be in a kitchen. Yeah, because I'm thinking like if you have a freestanding or range, sliding range or freestanding or cooktop and your kitchen layout, uh, maybe a 30 inch unit would fit in there just fine and give you the, the counter space you need on both sides. Mm-hmm. But maybe you really wanted a 42 inch wide cooktop yeah. or 48 inch range. Yeah. There you might have to make a compromise because maybe you just don't have enough physical counter space to have the drop zone on both sides. Mm-hmm. So those are just some, you know, trade-offs that you need to make. Yeah, absolutely. I do think like as you're going through your kitchen layout and kind of you have your wish list and then you have your guidelines, a lot of things get decided for you mm-hmm. based on your existing space, Yeah. Um, which in some ways makes it easier, even if it, at first it feels like it might be a letdown. Uh, it actually, I think, all helps you in the end get to everything mm-hmm. that you want mm-hmm. by sticking to that. Yeah. But yeah, are you a um, a hard no anything in the island or 
Oh, uh, what now? Like if there's a sink or a cooktop or anything yeah. in an island, do you always prefer to design your kitchens without anything in the island? Oh, no. You like no. things in the island? Sure. Well, it all depends. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, sinks can work in islands mm -hmm. or uh, dishwashers can. A dishwasher and a sink, we do that a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> a cooktop can work well in an island. Yeah. We use a downdraft hood system or a, you know, a ceiling mount hood. Yep, all kinds of things we can do. We have, you know, tons of appliances and flexibility in those appliances just for all different types of layouts. So today we're talking kitchen design. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas and I have Jamie Broslavsky with me, our marketing director. And today we're talking kitchen design, kitchen layout, I should say, and rules and guidelines. Yes. For creating a kitchen that's going to be functional. Uh, one that you can work easily in and get a lot of stuff done efficiently and also a safe kitchen so that you're not, maybe you got a, you're frying up a bunch of potatoes and onions in a big cast iron skillet. It's super hot <laughs> and you've got no counter space to set that thing down and it gets hot and you got to do, you know, just all those kind of th things are taken into consideration in these guidelines. So they all make sense. And Jamie, as we were mentioning you can't necessarily apply every single rule and make it work in a lot of layouts just because of all the physical constraints you have in the layout of the existing kitchen or the placement of their windows or doors. All those things come into play. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we finished the last segment talking about, you know, cooktops and sinks in the mm -hmm. island and things like that. And for me, I, I actually prefer a sink in an island, which I know is not the norm, but I like it in the island. Mm -hmm. But a cooktop... I would much prefer not to be in an island. Um, but I will say one thing that the interior designers do when that is what works best for the space. Sometimes yeah. there's not another option or not a better option. Yeah. Um, doing an induction cooktop on an island, I think makes so much sense because with induction, you don't have to worry as much about little hands touching hot things True. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's Especially all... if there's a snack bar in that island, right? Yeah. Yeah, counter. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But definitely that's a big recommendation is to look into doing induction if you are going to be putting it on an island. Um, and then also making sure that you have enough enough space behind it mm -hmm. as well. So there should also be a good amount of counter space behind it um, on there. Yeah. So some of the other things that I thought were really interesting that Michelle brought up with kind of working through a kitchen layout that they, that they consider which I think is so smart, um, is the slab size. So of a quartz or a granite, they mm -hmm. kind of look at what oh. are those slab sizes and what do they come in mm -hmm. and minimizing those seams or needs for seams. So if you're talking about doing a really big island and you know, you don't, if a slab comes, um, 55 inches, or a jumbo slab comes 65 inches, you don't want to do an island that's 70 inches. Yeah. You might as well just make it 65. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so things like that that they take into mm -hmm. account when they're making their layouts and designs and things like that, that makes so much sense. But if this was your first kitchen layout and you've never really gone through the process um, or you were just kind of an amateur do-it-yourselfer at home, you might not think of those sorts of things mm -hmm. that with all their experience um, they've learned over the years. But I yeah. thought that was a really smart kind of thing to consider. Yeah, it is. Let's back up for a minute because when you were talking about the cooktop on an island and concerned about little kids reaching across and maybe getting burned, one good thing or one good 
appliance that helps with that is a downdraft rain it has a downdraft range hood that has a pop-up unit yes so they are they kind of create a physical barrier between the cooktop and the snack bar area yeah so those a lot of those pop-ups come up maybe eight or nine inches and that's going to be your downdraft system it's going to take care of all the uh, steams and and uh, odors from your cooktop but also creates that physical barrier so little ones don't stick their hands across there yeah yeah that's a the safety factor of that is a big one for Mm -hmm. sure um but then just like other things that they really try and look for or avoid are things like putting a refrigerator in a corner. You know, they never want to put a refrigerator all the way in a corner. You want to make sure that that refrigerator door can open past 90 degrees. Yeah. This one really spoke to me because the house I just moved out of, the refrigerator door could only open 90 mm. degrees. It's fun getting drawers out of that thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, I, it drove us crazy every day or whenever yeah. we would put groceries away, you know, mm-hmm. it's easier to just leave the doors open. So what we would do in order to get the door to stay open, because it couldn't open all the way, you'd open it and then open the drawer inside to hold oh, it open. Okay. <laughs> and now that we're in a new house that can have both doors, it's a French door, open mm. all the way. Mm. It's like a dream. I feel like our refrigerator got three times bigger. <laughs> simple things in life. Simple, simple things. But yes, that's a big one to me. Um, but yeah, and then just, you know, the work triangle is has been around for... I don't know, decades, I'm assuming. Um, And it's still definitely used today. You know, the thought of that work triangle, you never want um, any of the kind of pieces or points to be more than nine feet apart. So your triangle is your your refrigerator, your sink, and your cooktop. Mm -hmm. And you never want any of those items to be nine feet, more than nine feet away from Mm -hmm. each other, um, from the center line of each appliance. But one of the more popular methods now is actually looking at the flow of the different work zones and thinking them of them more as zones. As kitchens are getting bigger, sometimes that triangle has to get broken up or it yeah. has to go more than nine feet apart. And they can accommodate that by thinking through work zones. So that's where like a prep sink would come into play. Yes. And then you can extend that kind of nine foot rule um, a little bit further and things like that. So yep. prep sinks are pretty useful in a large kitchen as far as expanding things Mm -hmm. so So you're inserting another little cleanup center there yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely or maybe it's your prep center and it's for washing your fruits and vegetables and things like that Mm -hmm. so yeah so i thought that was all really good information um do you have a bar sink in your kitchen no no ours isn't that big we don't need one oh really you're always within arm's reach of the sink okay well it sounds (laughs) very efficient very cozy yeah yes but it is efficient Absolutely. I've actually, I've never had a prep sink hmm. in any home I've lived in. So I'm not, it would be an adjustment to well, just adjust. just put to one have, in, even though you don't need it. That yeah, way just you, see what happens. See what it's like. I've actually always thought it would be nice to have one for the like coffee area. Yeah. For Oscar's coffee, because yep. I don't, he has to, me, he measures it and weighs it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have the, it be a coffee and Vitamix there you go yeah make your smoothies there that would be great Mm -hmm. someday yep we're gonna have a big enough kitchen for him to have his own sink okay stay out of mine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so what's your kind of when you're designing one of your kitchens because you've remodeled every kitchen you've ever had probably right yeah yeah so what's your where do you start 
what's your kind of must have or does it just completely depend on, depend uh, on the space? Yeah, it's really so dependent on the space, I think, and, and our needs at the time. Like the kitchen we're in now, you know, we moved to that house with our six grandchildren and our daughter. So that's a lot of people. So yes. <laughs> we were talking about seating people in an island. So we have a huge island and it's wide enough to seat four people across. So that's eight feet. And that's worked well. And the refrigerator's behind that island. But it was a large kitchen and we had a lot of room to do that. And we have a bar sink in there. And uh, so that kitchen's got a lot of ample space in, in all the walkways and drop zones. Uh, but I mean, it was because we knew would have a lot of people yeah. in our family using that. But, um, you know, other kitchens we've been in have been much more efficient and smaller. And mm-hmm. So there's so many variables. There's not only, you, you know, families change, you know, your yeah. kids get married they move out, um, or they move back in with their spouse <laughs> and their kids or who knows what could happen. Right. That's right. <clears throat> so you got all those variable factors. Plus you're dealing with a house with all of its unique characteristics. So it's yeah. real. That's what's fun about design is everyone is different. Yeah. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. I know. I thought it was just so interesting watching her put a blank kind of rectangle up on the space and just lay out a kitchen. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Just so simply by just following these guidelines. So she said, you know, okay, well, I have my window here, so obviously I'm going to put my sink there. Boom. Okay. Put 24 inches out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, from there, there's this wall over here. That would make the most sense for a refrigerator. Put it there. Mm-hmm. Put my counter six feet out, or 24 inches out. All right. Now I want an island. 36, 36. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like boom, boom, boom. I was like, so oh, Just so create simple. the whole kitchen based on all the guidelines, right? Yeah. She just followed all the guidelines, took yeah. the room, and ran with it. Cool. Okay, well, we've uh, enjoyed having all of you listen in this morning about our kitchen layouts and some of the guidelines that the National Kitchen and Bath Association has put together. Uh, if you ever want to get hold of us, you can email us at info at Visit our website at davefox.com. Appreciate you being on board. We'll be back next Sunday morning at 8.